Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Welcome to this week's episode of Married with Movies. I'm one of your hosts, Samantha Mullet. See you next to me on the couch is your other host, my beautiful husband, Chris Mullet. We're not dead. Correct. The show's not done. Yes. Uh, we, yeah. That's it. <laughs> I was trying to come up with a third thing. I mean, what more is there though, right? <laughs> the show dead. isn't done. We're not dead and, and we're the not show dead. is still going on. Yeah. I mean, look. But thank goodness for small favors. Well, a couple of those things, touch and go. Right. I said yeah. a couple of those things. I said two things. So both of those things. <laughs> touch and go. Touch and go. We'll see what tomorrow brings. Man, is this how you live your life on a daily basis? Is it like at any moment your eyes want to close for like 19 hours? Because that's what I feel like right now. Yes. It's wild. It's awesome. It's like being like super baked. All the time, which is why I never felt the need to do anything. I didn't, I don't need, you know how people say, I don't need alcohol to have fun. I legitimately don't need anything <laughs> to have a good night's sleep. That's not true. No, well, that's not true. I don't we'll, need we'll anything talk about to the, have We'll talk about the best nap you've ever had here naps. in a second. Oh, man. I've, yeah. I haven't had a good, I think that's why I haven't had a good nap since. I don't think you've napped since. Have not. That's weird. Well, Which is like the weirdest thing ever. It's been a week and I haven't taken a nap. I was going to say something about, you were close last night when we were finishing the game we were playing. Yeah, um, but but I didn't. But that was that was necessarily a nap. That was just like falling asleep like, while you're in the middle legit, of doing something. Yeah, yeah, like a legit sleep, not not yeah. a nap. But um, yeah, it's been the worst week of my life. <laughs> well, it's been the craziest three weeks for us, not like, ever, but it's been wild. It is. We just Thursday. too old for this shit, man. It's Thursday, February eighth. If you're new here, normally every single week we watch a random movie from a massive movie collection and we talk about it, um, but. We took the last two weeks off out of one necessity. thousand percent necessity. Um, so the last episode, we've, so we've done three episodes this year, only technically two movies. We'll make up for it because we do have five Jackass movies coming up. Um, Maybe saying, that's uh, why. You keep saying, ugh. Like, we literally watched 20 minutes of dumbass, like, fail videos. I'm like, that's all Jackass is, is fail videos, with, but, but with... Built in growing camaraderie and every now and then a little penis and piss. I don't want to see any penis stuff. though. It's fine. I don't want to see any shit. Um, so yeah, we've been talking on the show about how crazy busy we've been, and we're proof, just in the thick of it right yeah, now. Yeah, we are. We are right in the thick of it. Right so in the thick of it. We we have we. It's been about three and a half weeks, I think, since we actually recorded. Because we had our last episode air um, on January 18th. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That's the wrong month. January 20... No. It was Guardians 3. Right. When did that episode air? Um, it was for your birthday, so it would have been the 18th. Uh, January 21st was the last one we did. So, yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah sorry. I was looking at my calendar weird. Wow. So Yeah, it's been two and a half weeks since... An episode has come out. Yeah, so we, it's we were been one, two, we were, three and a half weeks since we've recorded yeah, and watched a movie. We were 
uh, we were proactive in getting that movie watched and recorded because uh, for my birthday, which was a, a, a fine time, um, that weekend your folks were coming into town for us to do uh, a bunch of things, which was Wonderworks and a magic show and all kinds of other fun and stuff. Um, but we knew it was going to be difficult because right from there... I had some work travel, and then we had just an absolutely awful work week. Really, work is the big thing. Yeah, if we didn't have to work, I mean... If we didn't have to work, and this was our job, oh my god, we would have to actively buy more movies, because this would be like well, a daily podcast. I know, but there's no more physical media, buddy. What there, would we do? There will be physical. There's We'd physical have... Media. You know how many Don't. bad movies we would end up watching, because you would just end up buying all the movies at Walmart? Yeah. That's Maybe? what I do now. Can we... Can we <laughs> Just wait to see what I nominate at the end of this podcast. Should we just quit our jobs and just do that? Don't. Do you think people would sponsor us? No. (laughs) Sadly, if I think that was even within, if I thought that was like a 0.1% possibility, you don't think I would actively try to do it after the past three weeks I've had? You real lazy though. No, I'm not. When it comes to this stuff, no. I'm lazy. (laughs) Fuck you. Uh, What the? What? So work has just been very. Busy and stressful, and by the time we come home and want to spend time with one another, uh, we, we don't want to spend time with. Well, one no, we want to spend time, but like <laughs> we just we're like fuck off. One of the two of us is not in the mood. <laughs> Normally, me, where I'm like, I don't think I can be funny. Well, yeah, uh, you know, or don't even. I, I'm trying to be nice and don't try to poke the fucking bear right now. <laughs> I'm trying to be funny on or the podcast. Or conducive to what anybody would want to listen to in to their free time for... Want to a, hear me. Shut the fuck up! Shut up! <laughs> God bless it! It's already five and a half minutes. We haven't gotten close to anything of substance. Uh, so yeah, what you just heard is how I am on a nightly basis about other things that aren't just you purposely pissing me off. So, uh, we had Rumble, the Royal Rumble weekend, my favorite weekend of the year, uh, which had its ups and downs. Um, we are not in our 20s anymore. We're not even in our early 30s anymore. We're not even in our mid-30s anymore. We are all in our late you 30s. You stop talking. And, uh... uh in early 40s for some of us. Yes. And it was much more difficult for us to uh, do the uh, 12 dozen Krispy Kreme donuts and beer and Three debauchery. rumbles. It was difficult for you. How well, do you think I felt? So I think here's, here's the problem. How do you think I always well, feel? Here's the problem. <laughs> we, uh, we, meaning myself and Tope and Rip and Widden, started the weekend Thursday night, quote unquote, Friday morning, Doing a round rumble, Tope's brilliant idea, and getting way too fucking drunk, way too fucking late, and way too fucking early in the weekend to fucking be, uh... That's your own damn fault. Y'all could have gone to sleep like me and Charlie. I know, but we were like, oh, let's do this. And then we are like, oh, fuck, that's a bad idea. So, uh, so, so... There was, I think every single night we ended up, like, in the living room or on the patio just, like, hanging out talking, and it was literally, like, last man standing, like, all right, Tope's asleep over there. Wouldn't sleep over there between me and Rich. Who's still awake? What's Robert doing? Augie's still here, and it's just like, oh god. So we you are mean fucking... to tell me that y'all four decided to do that? Uh huh. Which I'm gonna extrapolate to mean that Augie's the one who makes the good decisions in the group. Well, Augie wasn't here. Exactly. Yeah, so Augie, you need Augie's Augie to, busy trying to, to kill a child. You guys? 
you need Augie to temper you guys and and no, it would have been worse. Keep you from doing dumb. No, it would have been worse if you were here. We've been chugging out of our butts. Um, but we still had fun. We had a great weekend. Jillian won the uh, the royal uh, the, the video game rumble we did, which will be available on Podswoggle's YouTube channel. Uh, maybe by the time you're hearing this, but at least sometime in the next week. Uh, I, Samantha gifted me uh, for my shit. birthday and my, my Royal Rumble gift, one of my most precious grail items from my childhood that I will forever be indebted to you. Thank you so much. You, uh, and then you, you are the, always going to be forever indebted to me. I don't know why. A, game, a, see, this is the difference between me. You don't know when to just shut up no, I and do. I just don't. I just, you just ignore don't. it. Well, it's hard to wire your mouth closed with the size that it is. Ah, uh, there's my baby. But like, I give you a compliment, like an honest to goodness from the bottom of our compliment, and you're still over here, just still like, man, 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 which is all like I that. fucking hear. That's all you hear. Yes, you're. It's like so. The, I should announce it. So like should I adult, repeat myself? No, you're like an adult from Peanuts, but Jewish. <laughs> I was peed a little. Bit. Uh, My job here is done. And it's okay because you proceeded to then get, as usual, royally fucked during the live rumbles, uh, drawing one of the winners and being on the winning team for both rumbles, which is fine because uh, I, in turn, was lying on the floor uh, a weeping mess when uh, CM Punk A, didn't win the Royal Rumble, and B, Taurus Tricep and is now out of WrestleMania, has created the absolute fucking disaster of WrestleMania that it is. Um, that being said. Uh, that was Rumble weekend, <laughs> and then uh, I was off the uh, the whole next week uh, because I lost my voice, did not feel good at all. Um, was able to spend a little bit more time with people from out of town, and we're building up to. You had a no, without getting into any graphic or specific details, I had a, a an outpatient procedure you needed to get done that uh, your family came into town for to, to help with, and uh, your father proceeded to come into town with COVID and didn't know it. Um, and then left town. And then left the next day and turned everything into, and everything was turned upside down into a tailspin while they were already dealing with uh, something back home with your grandmother uh, as well. So we had that going on. It's been, it was rough. Yes, we but had the that best, going on. But, so I had this, I had this surgery yes. and I had to have anesthesia for it. So I had to like be out. And I'm 30, I'm a grown 37 year old woman. And I don't think we've hidden it from this podcast. There's probably 80% of this show that I don't remember because I slept through those movies, right? Like, I don't... I like to sleep. I like to nap more than anything. I don't think I've ever taken a better nap in my life than this nap that I took um, being out. Yeah, and uh, if anybody wants to pay me money for the doped videos no, I took of Samantha no. when she came out of anesthesia, no. I'll probably give them to you. No, uh, there those are not available. Thank you so much. Uh, but yes, the best nap I've ever had, ten out of ten, would recommend. Yes. Um, I'm gonna see what else I can get done, <laughs> <laughs> so I can have more. New tits for Samantha coming right up. Oh hey. Uh. No. 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 So then. I would fall over. <laughs> <laughs> Could be fun then. Um. Yeah, and then it was just back to work this week, and it's... And it's been just I've been awake now for, uh, like, 17 hours. So have I. Well, like, like doing stuff. You went back to sleep. I did not go back to Uh, sleep. Do I ever go back to sleep? I don't know. No. And then I was on my phone, 
watching and waiting for you to read my message to make sure you were okay. Oh, yeah, because it was... Yeah, because it was real early. Um, and there's a lot in And I'm a caring there. wife. I went to MegaCon in the middle of that and proceeded to lose $150 of the comic books I was really Chris, excited about. Chris, stop talking about that. And finally, just remember what the other, one of the other comic books I lost was, was I got the first issue of the Street Fighter comic book as well, which I was very pissed about. Uh, top of a bunch of other first issues that I uh, wanted. But still had a good time with that. Um, so here we are. Uh, it took us... We watched the movie on Tuesday. When we were going to watch it on Sunday or Monday. Correct. And we were going to record yesterday. And now we're recording today. And that's just how it goes. So yes. y'all are lucky you're getting a show. So I don't... So I don't... So we should be able to now... Catch back up. Catch back up and be every week. So I'll have to redo the, the schedule. So I don't know what's coming next. Because we do currently have... Basically, only three things announced. We have Top Gun and Top Gun Maverick is one episode. We have Fruitvale Station, which will probably be our next episode, just because it's one movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then we but have what I'd like to do, and then we have Jackass, Jackass which is going to be five movies, two episodes. Um, and then we'll have what I'm nominating today, because this was a movie that you nominated, so I get a turn to nominate. Uh, we are going to be in Miami next weekend. Then the weekend after that, uh, my mother will be here, because we can celebrate our 17-year uh, dating year. anniversary. 17 years of being together. <laughs> yeah, we don't have to do... Oh, oh God! <laughs> Our relationship can buy porn. Um, and then March has uh, a cruise, which we didn't think we were going to have to do. We're excited to do, but we're going to well, have a cruise. and the Olivia so Rodrigo concert. That. Olivia Rodrigo. Uh, Julie's got shit at school. There's a lot going on. So bear with us. We're going to try to give you as much content as we can. Um, because at the end of the day, what does make me feel better is just sitting here with you and watching a movie. Oh, it does? And then talking about it until you fucking start talking. Yes, it does. Oh, so the, just the watching a movie part where yes. you don't have to talk to me. Absolutely. I honestly, honest to God, in this like brief hiatus we had, I was like, man, is there any way we can like convert the podcast and make it something easier for us to do? Like if it's shorter, we already were trying to do shorter episodes as we're approaching 15 minutes of... Bullshit. Of just not even talking about a movie yet. Um, and I was like, oh, what if we just watch a movie and did like quick hits? Like we just did the categories and we come up with some gimmicks and stuff. And I was like, yeah, but then you're going to complain you don't get to talk that much. And I'm like, oh, that's actually great. <laughs> I wouldn't have to hear you. I could say the same thing about you. Yeah, but I'm entertaining and no, I'm funny no, and you, I'm, I'm a great no orator. One, there you know. is no one on this planet who likes the sound of your voice. More than you. That likes my voice or likes their own voice? Both. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Man, I hate my voice, but I like the words. Uh, what? I like what I say. I, I think that I am eloquent. Chris, nobody fucking cares. It's like six people listening. We're watching Won't You Be My Neighbor. This was a movie that we needed at the time that we watched it. it. Yeah, it was honestly... You needed Perfect. a good old-fashioned cry. You uh, needed a real good cry. I don't know. Are you crying already? Because I'm thinking about it. Yeah, tell me, tell me who's reading this. Hang yeah. on. We haven't done this in a while. I think it might be me. It is you. Okay, perfect. Won't you be my neighbor? A little kindness makes a world of difference. Four stars, says the Washington Post. A masterpiece. One of the year's best and kindest films, says Deadline slash Pete Hammond. I thought he wrote for Rolling Stone. No, you're thinking of Peter Travers. Oh, that's right. But Pete Heyman did used to write somewhere else, I think. I don't remember what. For over 30 years, Fred Rogers, an unassuming minister, puppeteer, writer, and producer, was beamed daily into homes across America in his beloved television program, 
Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. From Academy Award-winning filmmaker Morgan Neville, 20 Feet of Stardom. Uh Uh-uh. 20 Feet from Stardom. You said of Stardom. Won't You Be My Neighbor takes an intimate look at Fred Rogers, a creative genius who inspired generations of children with compassion and limitless imagination. There hadn't been anything like Mr. Rogers on television before, and there hasn't been since. Yeah, it's one for me. What's the uh, what's the score? That makes it sixteen for you, seventeen for me. I'm one. Oh, I'm only one up. Okay. One up to twenty-five, right? To twenty-five. Okay. So this was the second time we had seen this movie. We went and saw this in theaters when it came out in two thousand and eighteen. Oh my gosh! Yeah, nearly uh, uh, five years ago. Over five years Over ago. Over five years ago. Um. Jeez, Louise. And the reason why I wanted to go see it was just because of how critically acclaimed that it was. Because I, mean, I, I never watched Mr. Rogers as a kid. And I you believe. You didn't? I don't remember if it was my mother or my grandmother, or both, that just did not like Mr. Rogers. I could probably make a guess. <laughs> I think everyone listening can make a guess. I mean, honestly, it could be both because, like, he it, also not like the cut of my grandmother's jib either. Oops, spoiler. Um, but I also don't know if it was also like necessarily just my aesthetic or bag, and I I don't know like. I'm glad this movie exists because I think it's a fantastic documentary. One of the best documentaries. One of the best ever documentaries seen. ever. Fantastic, Seriously. and I'm, I'm going to get into my documentary soapbox here in a few minutes, but. Uh, <laughs> One thing that I found fascinating while watching the documentary is a lot of the focus groups or a lot of the, you know, videos of Mr. Rogers kind of holding court over children. And there's their draw and fascination with just the way that he talks to them and his puppets and the way that he is. And, like, it's so magnetic. It's like, like an aura. It's yeah. like... And yeah, I, and it wasn't until I was an adult where I got it, and I, I don't have really any strong recollection of him because he is very much like preschool education. So our memories of that time are basically, I have like four memories from before I was like the age of five, and they're all related to trauma. Um, well, yeah, because you got hit in the head with a turkey. frozen turkey, threw up, uh, walking back to my couch at the Great American Bash in nineteen ninety one. Throwing up, and that's why I didn't drink a milkshake for 20 years, so that the milkshake made me throw up. Um, there's other ones, probably. But uh, those are two, I think, off the top of my head. But I don't remember, like, what I watched besides, like, photos of things, you know, toys and yeah. birthday parties. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And Mr. Roger wasn't present for any of that. It was very much Mickey Mouse, Sesame Street, like... The cartoons. The cartoons and stuff that this movie the is basically, you know... that he's standing up against, yeah. yes. Uh, so, I, I think, so... That's a part of it. So I kind of didn't have an aversion to him, but I was kind of one of those like quiet pessimists from like, okay, what's what's really going on here? Like, it's a little too good to be true. Well, you know but what I, I think mean? that also talks about the cynicism of our society today. Yeah, and that it kind of you know we've talked about this on other episodes where you know it like we're like tarnished. You know, and we have that that pessimistic view. Um, And, yeah, this is just an honest to goodness, just a good person. Just, like, 
a good soul. It's and that the is... trying to make an impact and do something. To, to make others realize they're good. And I think it's... I'm going to start crying. <laughs> I think it's so powerful. Yeah. Just the, the documentary itself, is it's a beautiful film, but just as a person, as, you know, what he stood for, what he, he tried to do, the impacts that he did end up having, it's just all so powerful and so beautiful. Yeah. Um, but I did have... I. I do remember watching Mr. Rogers. Okay, so I was I was wrong. I, I couldn't remember. Yeah, but not not like I couldn't tell you any of the episodes. I couldn't. Oh yeah. If I watched one today, I, could, I wouldn't be like, oh, I watched this before. Yeah. Like, but I do I do know he was like a part of your childhood, my childhood. Um, you know, with the messages and all, you know, the theme song, and obviously, like it became very much into the pop culture, oh, yeah. like um, that introduction i liked hearing all the backstory behind it and everything and then it's so crazy how that was from the 60s 70s mm-hmm. 80s right mm-hmm. and then jillian our daughter mm-hmm. has grown up watching like daniel tiger right daniel daniel tiger's neighborhood and she's like really into it at one point which i, I and I, I haven't done like any of the like research or background and like how involved like the rogers family and like kind of his like institute is on it yeah nope so they hired okay the somebody who did i think it was blues clues oh, animation yeah. so they hired like somebody who did that to take the story of Daniel Tiger, like to take Daniel Tiger as a property, as an IP, as a whatever it is, and basically continue carrying on that Mr. Rogers. That's what he's on the trolley. Like, yeah, you, yeah. you know what I mean? Like that whole thing. And I just think it's, it's like, it's the same stuff, but in a different way. I don't think Mr. Rogers would have the same impact today. As it did then. Well, that's just because of the fucking nature of the world and the, skept- I know. the skepticism that lives I in this agree. world. But, like, but to nobody, be- like, no one will ever exist like this because society won't fucking allow but it. To, it but to allow, I totally 100,000% agree with you. But the fact that his messages and his teachings and the things that he tried to tackle and talk about are still being, like, those services are still being done to the children through. Other mediums, you know, through cartoon, television yeah. show, books, whatever it is. And also because they're still great. fucking necessary now. More, maybe than, more ever. So than ever. Which, you know, this movie does tackle a lot of things between... Oh, the topics that, that you know, covered. Religion and politics and... The war. Racism and, yeah, war Assassination. Like, all this like, stuff. It's, like, how he utilized you know, his show and, like, his methods, the documentary does a really good job of showing, like, the simplicity and, like, the good in what he was trying to do. And the movie does also do a good job. You know, they don't shy away from the real world, the context of it, and also the skepticism that still did kind of exist around what he was doing. You know, like, of course, like, they have they show a clip of fucking Fox News showing... You know, oh, Mr. Rogers was the problem because he was telling everybody has value. And it's like, yeah, because why, why, 
why would you say otherwise? Like until I... proven, until proven, until proven not. Why can't we just have that be a baseline? I oh my god, I think that that was the most despicable thing, and the fact that it this isn't a sensationalized movie. Mm-mm. No. That legitimately ha- like those words actually came out of people's mouths. Like Mr. Rogers holds everyone they were special. Mm-hmm. So he so that's the cause of all these problems, all the entitlement. Like I'm sorry. What? <laughs> yeah, like that's the most bonkers. And that was like bizarre bonkers thing I've ever heard. I got so angry at that part and in that the documentary. Was how, that was like how far back in like like think of where we are now. Like that's you know insane. I mean? like, it yeah. makes me so scared for the future to be mm-hmm. quite honest with you. Next not getting any better. But uh the movie's great. I have so yeah. my my documentary soapbox. I absolutely the test <laughs> documentaries no the Ugh. hoity-toity then this is all just coming from me and my perception of it philosophy of the documentary branch of the academy awards because they've had over the past 10 to 15 years specifically just something out for documentaries like this that instead of being some kind of like expose or some big granted important message whether it be an inconvenient truth or fucking blackfish or I forget what like the the Ukrainian one was there was a steroid one like there's every year there's something right like you know and that always gets not only wins, but like everything else that gets recognized as that. And there have been such a solid stream of entertaining documentaries that are that are basically profiles of people, like this one, didn't get nominated. Was the was the front runner in most people's eyes to win. Didn't even get nominated. This year, the Michael J. Fox documentary, same thing. Um Dick Johnson is dead from a couple years ago. Same thing. And it's just like, at the very least, yes, there are there is Oscar bait, and there is pretty much a formula every year if you look at the Best Picture nominees as to like, okay, well, this is that style of movie, that style of movie, that style of movie. But it's like different styles of movie. And the documentary branch of the Academy Awards just doesn't even fucking dip their toe in it. Like, it's all the same style of shit, and it's, to me... All these, and while the messages might be fine, I'm probably going to agree with 99% of them because it is Hollywood and their their political beliefs very much align with mine. But it's not indicative of what the best documentary is. This, to me, is like the epitome of what a best documentary should be because it goes and looks a complete profile, not just necessarily from beginning to end. This happened, then this happened, then this happened. And we're right. showing it. It it, it breaks it's down. Engaging. It, it engages and it breaks down the psyche of one man and his impact over the course of his life, over a series uh, of, series of important events, um, and looks at it in a very philosophical and very overarching way. And what his impact was on people, what his impact was on the world, and like, 
I, I, I just don't see why, like, they can't fucking just, like, do, like... I think it's the same... Do that! It's kind of the same argument as to why there was... There's always a best animated category, right? Like, there's a category specifically for animated movies because an animated movie would never be able to compete with no, I, I think, non-animated I think movies. you're misunderstanding what my complaint is. Because best anim- there have been best animated movies that have won non-animated awards and even been nominated for best picture. What I'm saying is, your point is close. Um, every year for best animated movie, they always honor... Like, one totally off-the-wall animated movie that, like, nobody saw. It's an international feature. I'm sure it's great. But they are normally shunning something that's a little bit more uh, box office or mass media reaching. Mm -hmm. There is a propensity still to recognize things that are not populist. (laughs) If that makes sense. Like this... It does. Like if you say, oh, which documentary are you want to watch? This movie about Mr. Rogers? This movie about, I don't know, fucking the Somalian slave trade. I don't even know that's a fucking thing. Uh, like what are 99% of people going to watch? And I'm sure that Somalian movie is fantastic. But... Yeah. What are we What are we honoring here in terms of best? So that, that that's the only thing I, I want to say. Um, this... This being not even, you know, a blip in the history of the Academy Awards is, is preposterous to me. Because, like I said, I think it's one of the best documentaries I've ever seen. Um, do you have a favorite part of the movie? Um, I just really loved all of the times that they did, like, the juxtaposition of the show and what was happening in real in the real world. Like... You know, the first week there was the war going on, and then oh, King the, Friday was building enough. was building <laughs> like the wall, wall and all of this, and I and, and just they kept doing that to reinforce what they were doing, um, like the ground that they were breaking on that show, and I, I just thought that they did it really well. Um, I really liked just the world building and like the introduction to like this persona off this off the screen of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. So yeah. um, I liked, I liked seeing, um, I liked seeing like the guy who played Officer Clemens mm-hmm. um, and like putting their feet in the pool, like all that kind of stuff. And then like at, towards the end of the movie when they're, they're much older doing it again, like, you know, just yeah, the, the section, the, the, the feet cleaning is a pretty iconic moment Yeah. in terms of the show and what it meant for, you know, I mean, there was a point in TV where black people, white people can be on screen at the same fucking time for crying out loud. And for, for him to, you know, do that in a children's program and show that it literally is nothing like why the fuck would you not do it? That goes right into the segment where they're discussing, um, 143, and like oh the my importance, God, I love the importance that. of that number to him in terms of what it means. I love you, and then also him holding that weight for his that entire life. For his whole, I wish one. I wish I was one hundred forty three. Bro, right well, I two, wish I could. I, I wish I was sixteen again too. Yeah. Two. I that's like something that's like everlasting because like I used to do that. We used to write one four three on everything for I love you. Who you and me? No, not you and me. Like we like 
teenage girls in the 90s and 2000s. Oh, I was going to say, I was like, I was actually really scared. I'm like, I don't remember doing that with you. <laughs> Like, who the fuck are you doing it with? No, I don't then? remember doing it ever. Uh-huh, That's what I mean. Good. Like, I don't yeah, absolutely know. good. Um, but that also leads right into kind of like the the lighter side, where they're going to like the bloopers, and then like sh- like talking about, you know, he wasn't also necessarily like always a stick in the mud, and you know, mooning people and things like that, or like oh. or like making posters of people of mooning people, people mooning them. Yeah, like that whole like little like. Ten minutes is and awesome. just like just like getting to know the man behind the mask a little bit. Yeah, where. You haven't really gotten that before, like, and to see that the TV persona and the actual persona were so close and so similar, it's reassuring. That's how it works. It wouldn't work without it. Right. I mean, it does. But but that, but that's not how, but that's not, you can't expect something like that today, usually. No. That's what they say now, like, never meet your heroes, right? Oh, sure. People fucking assholes. Mr. Rogers? Not an asshole. Nope. Like, so I love that section. Um, I love. I, I've always wanted. Uh, I was mad that they made a beautiful day in the neighborhood, and it was mostly about um, the. I forget what I think it's Vogue or Vanity Fair, whatever, whatever magazine piece was written about him, and the the writer of that piece is in the movie. I think his name is Tom Janad. Who I thought he was great in this movie. Oh yeah, he's great. He, he um he's is on my MVP list. The MVP of the movie is obviously Fred Rogers. Obviously, um, I, we can just say it right now it's it's Mr. Rogers. Yes. Uh, but he was like my my like runner up for MVP. Um, I was mad that that movie existed. Um, because number one, I, I we have it. We'll watch it at some point. I've heard it's fine. Uh, but the Tom I was, Hanks one. Yeah, but I was mad that. What it focused on was what it focused on because I've always wanted the Mr. Rogers movie to be a buildup of a young Mr. Rogers heading into that fucking hearing with uh, to fight for the public funds with Pastore. Okay. That to me is like, like I don't like biopics, right? But like, give me that fucking movie. Like, that's baller ass fucking shit. To see those clips, you hear, like, you know, Mr. Rogers, I think, his entire career has done a very good job of being very modulated in the way that he talks, you know, being concise, mm-hmm. being being very clear and deliberate with what he says. And you could hear, like, the nerves that he had. And you oh, could sure. see, like, you could see when he, like, got over that and was like, Y'all need to. Uh, have you ever watched the full? I haven't ever watched. We'll watch the full it after thing, this. It's fascinating. I've watched it several times. It's it's just so powerful because the movie shows what Pastore was doing prior to that and how you know he was this curmudgeon-y, Dismissive. you know, mm-hmm. made up his mind, you know, just going through the motions of it all. And even in the first part, like you said, to to Mister Rogers' nerves. He was like, would it make you feel better if you just did this? And I think that was the switch that that he needed to hear to be like, okay, I know what I, I know what I need to do to get to this guy now. And you hear, even just a couple minutes later, because between his faith and the way that he had studied like psychology of like, children, like, 
And this he, guy's basically a, a, a grown-up child in some he, ways. He knew what he was talking he, about. He, he knew how to get to him. It wasn't about the money. Understand. Yeah, it was, it was about making the connection and making him understand it. So you hear a couple minutes later when he's basically just like talking to him like a child and leading him along. And he says, like, can I, can I share this one thing with you that I say to people, say to uh, children? He's like, yeah, go ahead. And he's like, and he like, he's excited about it most. He's like, yeah, I'd like to. Like, he's like, yeah, go sure. ahead. And like, and then he's like, that's beautiful. So it's terrific. You're in the like, money. It's beautiful. You just earned $20 million. Yeah. Like, like, I want that uh, movie. Like, amazing. give me that fucking movie. That the pro- the really problem with that cool. movie is that that movie is like, is the like little schmaltzy Oscar bait movie of all time. And there's nothing to in the first hour and a half of that movie that would be interesting enough that Mr. Rogers did. <laughs> that would be like dramatic. He ain't cheating on his wife. He just he's just fucking swimming weighing himself. <laughs> he can't make that fucking movie. Yeah, you could. You could. It's gonna be really really boring. <laughs> but we'll we'll figure it out. We'll find a way. So I love that part. That I'm glad yeah, that, it was that there. That's a great part. Uh, I, I mentioned the other part. Uh, the. Uh, the feet to the 143 to yeah, the, uh, the bloopers mean, and stuff. I, I already kind of touched on as well. I like the movie doesn't shy away from his failures. Like I never really knew about this movie. He had a, uh, another show that was more so aimed at adults. That never knew about it. It didn't, didn't take work. Off. It didn't take off. I love that they kind of went briefly into the urban legends. Of like, was he gay? Did he have tattoos? Did he serve? Like, it's very easy for these movies to just like either not broach it or gloss over it. And they, they tackled it as much as they really needed to to get the point across because really it, it's incredibly insignificant because of how it's irrelevant. it is. The movie does such a good job of, of like once you get to that point because I think it does like an hour in and yeah. this is a brisk 90 minute watch. Once it gets to that point you're like people but, think this I'm stupid. Yeah, like how, how ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But and I, also the controversy not just with him being gay but also his one flaw kind of was draped around the times in which he lived in which was kind of forcing Officer Clemens or, like, asking Officer Clemens to avoid... Coming out. Coming out and and frequenting the places that he was frequenting because of what he was building and he didn't... It was more sort of the veil of people that don't understand and accept you, like he later kind of un- reveals to him that he does do and shows him how he cares... It could unfortunately disrupt what we're doing right. beyond that. Because of the closed-mindedness of others. Then. Then you need to suffer. Yeah. Essentially. And, and I mean, I get it. I get it. Um, yeah. And, and th- there are two other, thing, two other points I want to make. The f- first point is, you know, a lot of this movie talked about the ministry that he conducted. And, and I liked one of the quotes from, I think, one of his fellow pastors or something like that. Um, I probably have it written down. Go ahead. It was about how he he ministered, but he did it with the song and with the lessons mm-hmm. and in a way that didn't push people away or like he did it in the, like the most accepting way that you could to the child. And I think that that was beautiful because it, he had so much faith, but he never pushed the faith that he had. Like when, when the problem, especially nowadays, when people talk about like their religion, is their religion and their faith are so commingled and so dependent on each other that it's hard to separate yep. them. 
And I find that a lot of times people can't help but push that agenda, right? Mm. Mr. Rogers had his religion and he had his faith. And he was so faithful. And he was able to share that Mm -hmm. and bring people into that without it being something that excluded others or, or, or anything like that. And I think that that was such a beautiful thing. And that's not something that we find no. at all nowadays. He, he wasn't a preacher. He was a minister. I think there's a, a dif- yeah. like if you break that down, yeah. I think that says it all right there. Yeah. Like he wasn't preachy. He just tried to minister to you what he knew and you can take with it and he hopes that you get at least something out of it. And you, can... you get the parts that, that you should get. Yes. Love thy neighbor, love thyself. Like, yeah. like you should do that shit anyway. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what you, right. what religion you practice. And I think that, that, I think that if more people took that page out of Mr. Rogers' book, this world would be a much better place. But mm-hmm. I'll digress and say that for a different podcast. The other quote that I really loved and like the whole concept of was um I guess he was one of the cameramen um the guy who mooned him and he did the post yeah said there's a lot of slow space there's no wasted space Mm -hmm. like just using silence as a tool and as a lesson and it's honestly I've done a lot of like interviewing trainings and I've done a lot of management trainings and stuff like that. And something they always say is just being quiet. Just ask something and don't keep talking. Yep, there's power in There's power in what's it. the that's I mean that's an old sales technique too, is like when you ask for the sale, the first person to talk is the person that's gonna lose. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, like but but it it's so true and it, it's just so deliberate and just mm-hmm. being comfortable in it and you know, not not really remembering every every minute detail of the shows, like watching some of the clips and just he would just do these things real time. He would be doing something feeding fish tying his shoes. Feeding his fish tying his shoes Awful real time. Television. <laughs> but, but all silent and all just so that you just made those connections mm-hmm. and it is astounding looking back on it, having now the background that I have of, you know, the television, film, stage, yeah. the improv sketch, whatever, like, like that shit, you're right. Terrible TV. Who the fuck wants to tune in and watch that shit? I mean... I would I'm, watch it a million times over now. When I'm not... I don't edit this show now. I, what? I, I put I put together uh, the beginning and end songs, and that's about it. Unless there's something that we need to cut out that I say that I wasn't supposed to say. Um, <laughs> I like how it's you that says what you're not supposed to say. You what asshole. I do? What I do do um, for what I have done in the past for possible and other ones is if we're playing a game or we're doing something where there's long stretches of silence. I would commonly take that out because through an audio medium, you know, I don't want somebody to be like, the, the podcast pause or what's going on? Like, it, it's not good radio, right? Dead right, air. Right, right. Uh, 
And this kind of recontextualized it for me in terms of there's power in that because that's real. That's that's being within a moment in which you are doing something you need to do that is vital, that you enjoy doing, whatever it may be, and there is nothing else going on. And you can just experience it. And that's something that's special. So I'm glad I, I missed that in my my notes earlier, the silence section. I love the silence section. I as love well. that section. Uh, well we already kind of talked about how the, the context of the real world within the you know and then what the show does is is vital and awesome. Um same thing with I'm glad they touched on like the parody bits of it as well. Like that kind of goes in like the rumor section is like I mean Mr I mean Eddie Murphy's parody of it is is will forever be linked to it because of how iconic it is and how Mr. Rogers kind of gave at least a stamp of approval on it and kind of like And he never really did that. No. Like doing some research like he never commercially endorsed things. No. And when people tried to do that well, and people people would like kind of ask him about it and he would always give an uh, his honest interpretation of it and from that like he was able to tell like there was no malice to it at all in that case. For other ones I showed it, I felt like there kind of was. Yeah. Poking but... fun at, at the kind of the, the odd and the unknown, which also led into something that I'm glad the movie did was the movie, like I said earlier, didn't go just from like he was a child and he started doing TV and he did this. And like it wasn't going in order or anything, but they did kind of go back and give you a glimpse into like what he went through as a kid because he was like overweight. Like Freddy. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. so that section I really, really appreciated. I appreciated like, that too. Yeah, and that was then, great. Um, I mean, the ending of the movie fucking devastates me <laughs> every time we watch it. Uh, um, because, I mean, the, the end of, you know, the show and kind of how he's kind of like worn and beaten down at that point. Those and, who make you feel like less than you are are the greatest evil. Uh, the, the quote that I have was about the Fox News one. Uh, you don't ever have to do anything sensational for people to love you. Is like an amazing sentiment. Amazing. Um, and amazing. the fact that people can't just think that is is mind-boggling but uh yeah the end of the movie where you know he gets sick and kind of his death uh, and especially with where the world is now in his absence but then in typical mr rogers fashion they're able to use kind of his iconic uh speech at the daytime emmy awards when he got his recognition and kind of asked for the the moment of silence you know or for people to kind of think about oh my god who's important to them for a minute uh, just using a minute and how yeah. powerful that is. And I, yeah, I think from the moment that they sang or talked about that, um, I'm a mistake. So the whole like mistake thing and sometimes I wonder if I'm a mistake. And then Daniel Tiger singing that song. It's not easy to quiet a doubt. And like, you know, it's not all gently, neatly wrapped up. Like, it's still there, but so is that support. And I yeah. think, like, from that moment, can't stop the tears. Mm-hmm. That moment on, the whole rest of it, it's just, like, hit after hit, tear after tear. But, yeah, absolutely, it is just an amazing summation of all that he's done. The The reactions that he had because he was already off the air when 9-11 happened mm-hmm. I, I mean I he just how, gone off the air like, i liked like how they touched before. on 
him and like seeing how he was reacting and trying to mm-hmm. deal with it and how that almost destroyed him. Like this beacon of the hope. Str- you see the struggle. You see the struggle. And this man is like, he's a beacon of hope. Like he is optimistic and beautiful and his soul just shines. And I think it's just devastating. And, um, so yeah. He, so he would be, he would have just, ooh, he was born February 27th. So he would be turning, uh, he'd be turning 95, no, 91. He was born in 30, 33? No, he was born in 28. So he's, he's much older than that. No, we're in, it's, it's 2024. So he'd be 90, he'd be turning 96. Sorry, turn 96. No. Oh, I'm looking at died. Sorry, yeah, maybe turn 90. March, he died on February 27th. He was born on March 20th, so he would be turning 96 this year. So, like, it's a conceivable, you know, or for somebody as fucking healthy as he was besides, yeah, my, you know, my the, grandmother the cancer is going to got, be 91. It's just thinking of a world where he potentially could have, like, been around for the but past, like, 15 years I know, at least. but honestly... I think it's for the best. <laughs> I think it's for the best. Yeah. Be, it really, really is because it's like you you don't want somebody to be no, no. broken down like that and feel so powerless. And I feel like him and everything he accomplished would not have been enough to counteract what he wouldn't have been able to, to overcome um, in the last 15 years. So, yeah. um, Anything you don't like about the movie? No. I have a couple. I always have to. Uh, so, I'm not going to lie. Puppets are weird. Uh, <laughs> these puppets are weird. It's I, the same as the... I know. It's, it? still, it's, just, it's still weird. It's just... I don't know. It's just the Daniel Tiger and the king. Yeah, but like, uh, not, not those puppets. I, I think it's just because I'm used to like Muppets is, is why. Um, and also just fuck Daniel Tiger. I've never liked Daniel Tiger. Uh, You're a dick. So the two things... You're King Friday. Um, I don't like the animated bits that they kind of put into the movie of like an, this animated Daniel Tiger kind of like doing or going through things as like a metaphor for what was happening both at the time and to Mr. Rogers. Like they're fine, but it's unnecessary. And like, in all honesty, why didn't they do them with like puppets or something that was closer in line to? It's, I like, guess they the, modernized the style. It a little bit. Yeah, and it just felt it just felt inauthentic to me. So that that was one thing they did it maybe like three or four times, and again it's minor, yeah. but something I didn't like. And then the one thing I take umbrage with is there's this like reoccurring perpetual I'll say slander. Slander's a strong word because what he's getting at what the message is is true but i i do think that you know scary tv quote unquote or color or noise or other children's programming does have value in terms of escapism and entertainment within the context of trusting how it's used from parents and not, but- that it's not raising people as long as it's used as an escape. Right, but that's but the whole point was this was the start of educational TV, right? PBS was the start of educational TV. Sure. And from a 
child psychologist perspective, I mean, look, when we became parents, what's the one thing they said about screen time? Make limit sure it. you limit it. Yeah. Right? Not because it's bad, but because too much of it can be bad. And because, sure. I mean, nowadays it's a little bit different than back then. Like, what is being ingested isn't always the best. Sure, but they were still... Pardon me. They were still going back to that when they were showing clips of, like, fucking Transformers and G.A. like, 20, 30 years after the birth of television, and, and he's still kind of talking about those kind of being, like, not those programs specifically, but other children's programmings potentially being an attack on them. Like, it just got to be a little overkill to me. Okay. And, and I, wish, I wish there was a way for it to... You know, I just wanted, like, one of his sons to be like, yo, he loved, like, the Lethal Weapon movies. <laughs> you, know, like, some, you know what I mean? Like, something at least to, like, give him a little bit. That's the only time to me that it did kind of potentially get a little preachy and a little problematic in terms of, like, how realistic can it be to siphon the messages to children. And then, and then that ultimately boils down to, like I just said, parenting and yes. and communication. Um, so that stuff, the fact that that kind of happened like two or three times in the movie, I was like, okay, we could have done this in one like little smaller chunk of a section. I think it would have been fine. So those are those are nitpicks, but that's that's about it. Um, always hard for documentaries to do MVP and LVP. We already gave Fred Rogers himself. The MVP of the movie. And I mentioned some some honorable mentions. I, I think for the most part, everyone here does a, a fantastic job that's interviewed. All the people who worked on the show. I agree. You can just see the impact he had on all these people's lives. Like, And at the end, when everyone does that one minute, and they think of someone, mm-hmm. and it's just... You see the impact. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, shout out to his wife. His wife's dope. Um. All right, Sarah. Joanne. <laughs> you did her name right. No, I did. Her name is Sarah Joanne. Her name is Joanne. Her f- name is Sarah Joanne. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. I'm aware I'm right. Why would I say if I wasn't right? Because you're wrong a lot. Do you have anybody for LVP? You. <laughs> Who do you have for LVP? Who do I have for LVP? Let me see. So I've been honest with this question. Does Nixon count? <laughs> like, no, like, it was only a clip. Like, like, no, no, it's like, only a clip. Well, no, because we've done that in the past, but like he didn't actually even say anything or do anything. It's just like the context yeah. of Nixon being Nixon. I was like, does Nixon count? Because at that point I was desperate for somebody. The same thing with like, can we give it to that person from Fox News? But I don't know who it was. Yeah, I would, I would love to do either one of those because the only one I feel like it could be would be... Like, I don't think it's any of, like, the family. So I wasn't a big fan of his kids. Yeah, his kids were... His kids were, like, kind of weird. Okay, but how would you be if you were Mr. Rogers' kid? I'd be cool as shit. Are you kidding me? One kid uh, looked like he was just, like, a roadie for the Del Fuegos or something. <laughs> like, he, you know, kind of looked like Mandy Patinkin a little bit. Um, but, like, Mandy Patinkin that works at, like, local bars. <laughs> I didn't like him. And, like, I, one of... I don't remember which one of them. The other guy just kind of, like, just seemed like a weird dude. I don't know. Uh, like, they both, uh, one of them touched on the fact, like, look, it's not easy having Mr. Rogers as a fucking dad. Yeah, absolutely. And I get that, um, but I think that his, his kids, um, 
I don't know what his kids end up doing. Mm, nothing considerable. Nothing notable. Um, that's, that, those are the two that I had on my list, or one of his two kids. Oh, okay. Um, you, you didn't have anybody else? Uh, no, the only other one, I liked, um, I liked the Hedda Sharapan, the, I liked the two women that were on there a lot, like, mm-hmm. I like the, with the I like, glasses that they were like the producer and the child psychologist. Yep, I liked them. I, I liked, liked them. I liked the Asian guy who was like the head of the Fred Rogers Institute. I liked him. I liked you already. You already mentioned um, Tom Joon. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, uh, Mrs. Rogers was dope. Yep. Um, I mean, I don't know. The only other ones who, yeah, I, who didn't do it for me were. Um, the other pastor guy, George Worth. Yeah. I mean, yeah. David Biancooli. Yo-Yo Ma was great. Yo-Yo Ma was dope. Yo-Yo Ma was awesome on it. And, um, yeah, I mean, really, Nick Tallow, he was great, too. Oh, he died. That sucks. Looks Um, like, uh, looks like one of, um... Mr. Rogers' kids actually got arrested for domestic violence at one point in Winter Park, Florida, which was weird. I don't know if it was ever, like... They, I think that they were... Um, I thought I read something that they, like, spent time here. Yeah, Winter Park. Um, he went to Rollins. Oh, great. Mr. Rogers went to Rollins College. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so which which kid are we going with? Whichever one. There's this one. Hold on, let me show you. There's this one. And uh-huh. there's that one. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> both, both not great. <laughs> not great, Bob. Ah. Uh, coin flip. I'm gonna go... Let's go with the grungy one. Yeah, I'm gonna go with that one. So James Rogers. Is the, uh, the LVP. James Bird Rogers. James Bird? James Bird Rogers. Or Jim Rogers, if you're nasty. Uh... Yeah, seems. I don't know. Something about him. Don't like it. <laughs> I don't like him. I don't like him. Um, are there any other people? So, what the as we wrap up here? What other people would you be interested in a documentary about? And some of them may have already happened. Like I know there's a Bob Ross documentary out on Netflix that um, I think was actually a documentary series. I'd be interested in because that was something that I did experience. Oh man, I would watch so lot. much Bob Ross. Watch so much Bob Ross with my grandmother. Is so there anybody else that you'd be interested in? That I mean, it's hard. There's nobody that's like such a fucking unicorn like Mister Rogers. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's going to be so uplifting at the end of it. But I think I'd like to see like Bob Barker. I think he was like an an icon. I know, but he's an icon, but he's a big old womanizer. <laughs> sure, they can't all be perfect. But no, I, I mean, know. You know, I think. That'd be a Trebek cool. one would be good. Trebek would be oh yeah, Trebek would Trebek be really one would be good. good. That that's that'd the first one that I thought of would would be, would be a Trebek one. Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's close. That's good. Yeah, I think that's good. Yeah. I think it's really good. Anything else? And won't you be my neighbor? Um, I mean, I just again like 
just the beauty of who he was. I, the legacy he left. It just, I think. Mr. Rogers, I feel like when when you say Mr. Rogers, you know what are some of the words you think of, right? Like positivity, mm-hmm. optimism, right? Kindness. Like kindness, thoughtfulness. Like I feel like a lot of who I try to be every day, like in my life, mm-hmm. oh. is modeled a lot after Mr. Rogers. I I I know, like I put on an act on this show, and like I'm a bitch to you a lot of the time, but. Mostly to you, but I do try to maintain, you know, that good nature and that good aura and that um, kindness and positivity. Mm-hmm. Um, not always really successful, but I'm trying, and I think like that would that would be enough for Mister Rogers. You know what I mean? Like, feel like he'd he'd approve of that, um, especially after you know seeing like and just. The sincerity with which whenever he met someone or did something, like you were talking about the focus groups, he would be like, I'm so happy I got to meet you today. Or I'm so yeah. happy you shared that with me. Like, yeah. Man's dope. Yeah, he's great. Um, yeah. I, when we watched this, I was like, man, I'm going about life all fucking wrong. All fucking I'm, wrong, man. I was like, I'm going to fucking be better. And then like yesterday happened. I'm like, yeah, never mind. <laughs> So God bless him, because I can't fucking do it. I tried, and it lasted like a couple hours. I'm like, all right, well, glad we had him to put everything into perspective, because my ass is just going to scream at my mother on the way home. Uh, you nominated it, so I score it first. This is a tough one for me, because I'm torn between two. Um, I'm going to give this a nine and a half. I am also giving it a nine and a half. It, it is so close to being a perfect documentary for me. Um, I think the the half point is merely just for a couple of the nitpicks I had. And then also for the fact that I mentioned it's a breezy 90 minutes. Um, I feel like I'm glad it was for, for purposes of us doing the show. And Yeah, you yeah. Know, but it sits with you. It sits with you. I think we could have gotten a little more out of it, honestly. I would have loved a little like, more. Like, I know I gave it props earlier for not being that beginning to end, like, biography of life, but I feel like we have some some big gaps there. There's a lot more stuff we could have could have gotten out of. The same charisma that he enraptured children with. mm that drew them in, that made them want to talk to him and tell him all of those things and watch his show. It also does capture adults. Oh, absolutely. So I I would have kept watching this. You know, you put more stuff about this man on my screen. I would have kept watching it. Yeah. So I think I think it's it's an effect that that also carries over to adults, especially our generation. So. Absolutely agree. I feel like I feel like you could have got you could have got me for a full two hours at this this movie had had they wanted to. Yeah. So nine and a half for won't you be my neighbor? So I believe at this point this year we have literally gotten a movie that is a ten, a movie that is a nine and a half, and another one that's a nine and a half. That's a nine and a half. Yeah. Uh, we got some top choice shit coming up. I was gonna say. I'm all for having a, you know, 
smaller slate if we have, you know, higher quality, but then we have the Jackass movies coming up, so. Uh, well, and also we have what I'm about to nominate because, uh, look, we need shit to be nominated for the Boris Mullet Awards at the end of the year, and at this rate, we ain't gonna have any of it. Uh, and it's also Razzie season, so why not go with two of the most notable Razzie nominees oh, of all time, God. Razzie winners of all time, I'm nominating Geely and Mac and Me. I thought you already nominated Mac and Me. I did not nominate Mac and Me. That sucks. But it would be pretty nice. Oh, man. I really don't want to watch either one of those movies. Yeah, which one do you like? kind of want to watch? <laughs> yeah, it would have to be Mac and yeah. Me. Yeah. <laughs> you want to watch fucking Geely? <laughs> Geely sucks. Back at me sucks too, but at least it's gonna be fun. Sucks, not fucking sucks. Sucks. Cool. So Mac and Me's coming probably sooner rather than later. Because <laughs> you know we watching that shit with Jillian. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. I'm gonna make her watch. Oh no, 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 no. Actually, I don't want to watch it with her because number one, she's, she's gonna, gonna want to watch it, it all. She's the time. gonna fucking love it. Number two, she's gonna say pretty nice even more than she already does. And number three, she want to go to fucking McDonald's all the time. She already does. <laughs> Same, the more than she wants to. It's a bad mix, so uh, we'll figure it out. So that's coming. Uh, Thanks, Rich. Along with to- the Top Gun franchise, along with Fruitvale Station, along with the Jackass franchise, here very, very, very soon. But until then, man, I hate you, dog. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Married Movies. We encourage you as always go to arcadeaudio.net for this podcast and the others in our network of shows. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for your uh, your patience with us the past couple weeks, and thank you for your continued support. Uh, Facebook.com slash Married Movies at Mary W Movies on Twitter, Married Movies at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of the show. For me, at your host, Malt38 on Instagram. For you, a jam with your Sam. Um, you can follow me at your host, Malt38 on Instagram. For you, you, just said that. Did I really? At jam with your Sam. Oh, yeah, I did. Right. Okay, cool. I am expiring. Uh, I meant to say. You can follow me on Instagram at jam with your Sam for you. Don't fuck with me. I just did this twice. <laughs> Um, Check us out on ArcadeAudio.net. I said, shut up. I said all this already. Stop. I fucked up. I'm trying to fix it now. I got this. We're done. Follow me, AirHostMult3D on Instagram. I know. What I meant to say was, I mentioned earlier on the show, uh, AirHostMult3D on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. Okay. So, uh, Podswoggle on YouTube, if you want to watch the aforementioned uh, rumble that we did with Jillian and everyone in the room, it should be online before you know it. Uh, hopefully by the time this airs, if not, sometime in the next week. Anything else? You can find me on Instagram. <laughs> for Mullet. This is Mullet. Signing out for this week's episode of Married with Movies. We'll catch you on our next time. What? How do I do this again? Uh, at your host, Mullet, on Instagram. <laughs> it's been so long I forgot how to do the sign off. You got it. Go ahead. For Mullet. For Mullet. This is Mullet. Signing out for this week's episode of Married with Movies. We'll catch you next time on our couch. Slash the movies. Slash your O small of 38 on Instagram. S- slash at Jam with your Sam. Mm-hmm. You are a slash. Slash swerve. You want to be slashing Guns N' Roses for Halloween one year? That sucks. That's How do we do terrible. that? <laughs> What'd Jillian be? The Rose.
Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at ArcadeAudio.net.